Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Jaime from Rising Fitness out of Katy, Texas. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to have you here and to talk about your fitness business. But really, before we dive into that too hard, tell me what it was that got you started becoming a gym owner. Because like, I feel like we all have different stories of how we end up in the seat. So how did you end up in this position? Sure. I, you know, I've been in the fitness industry. I'm coming up on 15 years in the fitness industry. I started off um, front desk associate, worked some overnight shifts. Um, then I moved over to Gold's Gym in the Houston area, uh, which is, at the time, it was owned by Brian Murphy, um, one of the best mentors I've ever had, who taught me a lot of different things from leadership to sales to, you know, how to operate a business the right way. And all of his ideas um, were just brilliant to me. And, you know, he gave me a lot of insight on a lot of the things that he was able to do. Um, after that, I spent about nine years with Brian Murphy in the Gold's Gym Houston market. And then I switched over to 24-hour fitness. It just was a little bit more convenient to me at the time um, and had a great experience there. Um, the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, um, half of the 24-hour fitness gyms closed down uh, due to their bankruptcy. Um And so at that time, I just knew that, you know, it just made a lot of sense for me to to do my own thing, to partner up with some, you know, individuals that could help make this into a reality. And it being in a market that I understood and that I knew, it just made a lot of sense. And so um, I ended up staying with 24-Hour Fitness for a little bit uh, during the pandemic. Uh, They let go of some folks, but, you know, I was lucky enough to stay on board with them. And um, at that point, I, there are some partners that I got with, and we decided to go full force and make this into reality. And so the gym that we took over was a, it's a, was a 24-hour fitness gym, 33,000-square-foot facility. It had equipment in here. It had, um, you know, everything in here. It was a little bit older. It's a 15-year-old gym. And you know, it had its uh, wear and tear. And so it was just a matter of, you know, how can we make this, you know, how can we renovate this and make this profitable? How can we, you know, bring in some of the ideas that we weren't able to bring in uh, with the corporate model of what 24-hour fitness was? And so, you know, from that moment, I, I, I knew that what we needed to do was give the community what they wanted. And so at that point, we we built the model the way we felt the model made the most sense. Well, well, what a journey there. But ultimately, now here you are, you took over this 24-7 fitness and you're talking about, you know, you built the model the way that the customers wanted, right? So give us your elevator pitch of Rising Fitness now as things stand today. Tell us who you are, all that you have to offer. Kind of, I guess, paint a picture for us since we're just talking here. Paint a picture of, of your gym. Sure. When you walk into Rising Fitness, one of the things that's really going to stand out is how clean we are. I have always tried to make sure 
to not put so many pictures against the walls, to not put a lot of things on the mirrors. And we have our rules and regulations, but when you come in, we really want to give a very clean look. And coming from the pandemic, the pandemic really changed a lot of the ways we do business. And so what people want is they want to come in and they want to exercise in an environment where they feel where it's clean. You know, we constantly hear uh, in the news that there is another outbreak or, you know, somebody else has COVID, one of our, you know, politicians or whatever. And so when you walk in, you're going to have a very clean feel to it. We repainted the walls at this uh, old 24-hour fitness um, and we gave a very sharp red and gray color where less is more and we keep everything as clean as we possibly can. Um, at this location, when we tour it, you will have a kids club um, for that we take ages from six months up to 12 years. Uh, we have a ladies rice area, which is a ladies preferred area. It's a section where women can come in and do a full body circuit on equipment that is meant for women. And they can be in the comfort of exercising without feeling any type of way or you know, there's any, you know, pressure of being in the middle of the freeways or anything like that. So they have their dumbbells, they have uh, some weights in there, they have their Smith machines, they have their, their free weights, they have their cable equipment. Um, then you have the ladies locker room. Um, again, we really focus on having a very clean environment. And so we constantly develop systems on keeping the gym clean and keeping um, a staff that is their only job is to clean the gym. Uh, we have a pool, we have a dry sauna, a steam room, a hot tub. Uh, we have a group exercising room. Uh, we have a lot of free weights. We have a lot of cable equipment, obviously cardio equipment. Uh, we have a turf area and uh, we have a pro shop. So much going on in your facility. And you said it's like about 33,000 square feet. So it's huge. Yes. Um, you have a lot of space there and you're doing a lot. Um, something I'm not sure if you, you mentioned over, but do you guys do personal training at all in the, in the facility? Yes. And um, with our personal training, obviously, you know, one of the biggest things is as your new members are coming in um, and they're getting set up with their membership, they also want to get their goals kind of mapped out a little bit um, as being in the, in the gym industry with both, you know, Gold's Gym and 24 hour fitness, um, I know what it's like to hear the members say, well, you know, you're just trying to sell me personal training and, you know, what am I getting out of this assessment? Is it really just more of a sales pitch? So our, um, our assessment that we do for our personal training is a little bit more what I feel our customers deserve. And so when they come in, we partnered up with Staiku. Um, it's a 3D body scanner. And so when somebody comes in, they'll be taken into this um, you know, 3D body scan that they will have, and it gives them a 12-page health assessment, where circumference measurements, it goes into, um, you know, their uh, BMI, their body fat percentage, it even gives them health risks for diabetes, stroke, heart disease, and cancer, um, and then most importantly, what it does is it also builds a 3D avatar for them, and so this is something that, you know, as a new member, we want you to take something home with you. We want you to, you know, even if you don't purchase personal training with us, we want you to have something that you can reference back to. And at the very least, you know where you started. And as we kind of build out a map for you and then you decide that personal training is the way to go, 
um, we have something that we can always refer back to and redo measurements if we have to. And right. it's something that, you know, you take the, the human interaction out of, you know, push or pull, or did right. you run fast enough, or did you reach high enough? Um, and we still do, obviously, the park queue, and we still do the, you know, overhead squat assessment. There's still some assessments that we incorporate with it, but it's really built and tailored more to what the individual's needs are and giving them something that's a little bit more, you know, modern. I love that approach. Now, I think it's, it, it's amazing because when somebody is vulnerable enough to walk into a gym and say like, hey, I have these goals that I need to achieve, our number one priority should be kind of showing them how we can help them get there, right? It shouldn't be about, oh, well, let's try to sell them into the biggest, juiciest package that we have. Like if we're in this profession, we should really, really care about the person's goals and helping them get to their goals. And with your approach, I think that it shows that genuine care, that genuine interest. And so um, what, you know, when you look at the business right now, what percentage of the business would you say revenue wise is coming from personal training? I, well, it's, it's a little tough to tell. I could tell you that we have hit over uh, 50 clients um, within our personal training. We have different types of personal training. We do one-on-one -on -one personal training. We do group training. And then uh, we have bigger group training. Uh, we really try to make sure that we're really giving people what they want. Um, within our, I would say within a five-mile radius of where we are, we have Planet Fitness, LA Fitness, another gym that is about 30,000 square foot. Um, we have Fitness Connection, um, we have Anytime Fitness, and we have another gym that is a little bit smaller. And then there's so many CrossFit gyms in this area. So we have a lot of competition. And one of the things that we really wanted to do for our mission statement and for our members was having a one-stop shop. So if you want to work out with your friends <laughs> and you want to experience group training, and that's just a little bit more appropriate for you. Um, then we we get you set up with that. Okay, cool. So um, I guess my next question to you would be, you know, when we look at the facility as a whole, not just the personal training department, but the facility as a whole, um, how many members do you guys have in total right now? We're about 3,000 members. So you're, you're really filling up the space. Um, and so is that a place where you guys are feeling good, you're feeling comfortable, or are you guys constantly like kind of on the lookout to take on more members and continue to grow? So with the competitive landscape, um, well, before I begin with that, um, I want to say that we're, we're hitting our one-year anniversary in two days. And 3,000 members within a one-year time frame post-pandemic, uh, it's it's a very good mark to be at. And so, um, you know, a lot of the times we look into, you know, new member acquisition, we look into marketing dollars, and we look at different plays that we can make to bring more members into the gym. That's always going to be something that we're going to do, because right. you're always going to have the, you know, opposite end of that. You're always going to have members that are going to move, that are going to cancel, that we no longer meet their needs. Um and so at that point, you know, we're, that is something that funnel should always be ongoing. Uh, right. However, we, one of the ways that we look at this without taking from the member experience is how can we generate more 
you know, revenue streamlines within our business, um, utilizing every square footage. We have a pretty big gym and I have always looked at the, the gym models that I worked for, uh, which is mid-tier gyms as a way of saying, hey, we have all of these customers. We have what we have shoppers and we need to provide these shoppers with opportunities to shop. And so there's always areas where you can make additional income um, where, yeah, you can add different, you know, revenue streams. You have different gyms that already do that. They have nail salons or they have, you know, physical therapists that rent out some space or maybe they have, you know, a, a karate class or something. Um, and so we are always trying to look at ways where we can maximize those revenue streams on the same note, not taking away from the service promise that we you know, have towards our community. Yeah, of course. So I love that you bring this up because for so many people in this industry, we always think of the idea of growth as, all right, in order for us to grow, we have to welcome a thousand more members. The only, the only way we can grow is if we can continue to welcome new members, but that's not the case. And you understand that. You understand that like we can grow this business within the business by adding additional streams of revenue. Um, so talk to me first about some of the, the specifics that you have added and some of the ideas that you have to add in the future. Sure. Um, right now, you know, we have a kids club and that's something that this community really likes just our demographics and the amount of families that live in this area. It really makes a lot of sense. Um, and one of the, the biggest things that I went into this business saying was we need to be able to appeal to everyone and make it where people can come in here. And when they think of rising fitness, they think of a professional feel and they think of a place where they feel comfortable. And so we earn their business a few months into it with a kids club, with, you know, gym classes and ladies rise area and just the, you know, regular things that we have in the gym. And then we added a youth class, a youth program for them where they can come in and now their child will have an exercise uh, with an instructor, a coach who takes them through exercises that are tailored to them. And now your child is learning how to do exercises correctly, high knees and kickbacks, and they're learning about nutrition and they're learning about different sports. So by the time they do start playing sports, they're not behind, they're not uncomfortable. They feel a little bit more motivated and they can start their health journey a lot sooner. And so a lot of our kids club members that qualify um, have their children into this youth program. Um, we also, um, in our cardio section, we have TVs and, you know, we, we play, you know, ESPN uh, for our members and, you know, different shows just depending on our, on our crowd and the time of the day. Uh, but every other TV has a, you know, what I like to call our own personalized commercials where, you know, literally it's just a USB stick that we have created a PowerPoint where we slides would just go through and, and we put in information about the gym, hours of operation, um, you know, personal training, um, different things like that. Um, but we utilize the streamline of, of trying to find a way to bring in some more revenue. And what we did was we started advertising ad space within those TVs. And so we have about eight TVs throughout the gym and men and women's locker rooms, 
throughout our cardio area that play the commercials. And so people rent out that space. And now, you know, we're looking at over six, $700 a month that we bring in an extra revenue off of a PowerPoint where people are, you know, marketing their local business within our, you know, our community. Yeah, I think that's really neat because with that, you know, you're you're not only you're helping out another business, but you're building a relationship with that business. And the more relation, this is a relationship building business as much as, you know, we might realize it or we might not. Um, the more that we can build relationships with people, with businesses, with different organizations within the community, you know, the better off we're going to be um, business wise. So um, when you look at the future of, of your facility, are you guys like hoping to expand at all? Is there is that a possibility or like what are some of the ideas that you have here coming up? Sure. Every gym that I've ever been a part of, um, there's always space. There's always space for something new to come in. And with this economy, Post-pandemic, there's always people that are looking to survive. They're looking for their business to survive, and they're trying everything they can to make ends meet. Um, you know, we hear all the time that everybody's, you know, rent has gone up, and so there's always opportunities out there. And so, me personally, I hate offices. I my management team knows I hate offices. I literally work off of a a cubicle when I come into the gym because I hate offices. There's nothing in offices besides your, you know, interviews and your one-on-ones that you'll have, you know, in private. Um, so there's a lot of space. There's always going to be space that can be rented out or, you know, I know, like I said, there's companies that have, you know, nail salons and, you know, they have different things like that to kind of make the gym look a little bit nicer, but also bring in some extra income um, whether it's a smoothie shop or somebody who wants to put in a vending machine, um, there's always space. There's always classes that aren't being used all day long. Um, I know our group exercising room isn't being used all day long. Um, so there's opportunities there for people that want to have their yoga studio survive or have their karate studios survive. There's always opportunities where uh, people around the community can be a part of your gym, be a part of the shoppers that are already in your gym and help bring in an extra stream of revenue for you. Yeah, it's such a smart, you know, idea, a smart concept. And a lot of people are not really capitalizing on on a lot of those opportunities, which once we get them going, they're not really costing us too much time and they're making us money. Um, and so I'm glad that you brought that up because that's not something that we, we talk about here often. Um, but I do want to ask you, you know, we've talked about a lot of the really good stuff and a lot of the really cool things that you've done, but we both know that this business isn't always unicorns and rainbows. There's a lot of struggles to it. So what would you say is a bottleneck or a challenge that you guys are facing within the business side of things um, currently? There's, there's a lot of challenges. There has been challenges from the very beginning mm -hmm. with permits and understanding, um, you know, obviously with contractors and people that do our signs, there's always going to be, you know, with the pandemic, understanding that there is going to be patience that goes with that. Um, finding the right marketing people. When you launch a business, you're going to go through a lot of grains of sand until you find some treasure. 
Um, and then you still have to develop your team and ensure that your mission that you're after still remains part of, you know, the focus. Um, we literally, um, I would say about seven months after we opened, six months after we opened, we had a Planet Fitness that opened up right across the street from us. Oh, wow. And that that was a little tough because, you know, they're their um, membership cost was something that we just felt it wasn't something that we could compete with. It wasn't something that we were going to even try to compete with. And so it was, there were some challenges definitely with, you know, the competitive landscape. There's challenges with how you develop your business and keeping that model where people understand that, hey, we're, we're professional, but we're also here to serve our community. And so with these challenges, with retention, with marketing and new member acquisition and trying to do everything that you can possibly do to keep that mission and that service promise to our members. Um, you know, it, it definitely takes a team of people that want it. And at times I, I say this all the time, there's constantly, I find myself surrounded by a team that is so much better than me at different things that I'm not. And they, at times, it almost seems like they want it more than I do. And it's just a, a testament to some of the passion that you can find from people. Um, when, I, when I'm interviewing people, when I'm bringing up these leaders, um, we, we don't just focus on what you can do for me now. We focus on how you're going to play a part of our, of our team long-term. And we focus on their development. We focus on you know, their intelligence, their energy, and their passion. We focus on how we can develop them. And you know, it's why early on we started um, what we call a leadership program here for our team members. And it doesn't matter if you just started with us or you've been with us for a while. We have a leadership programs where we do teach our team members P&Ls. We teach them how to, you know, re-perform us and, you know, be able to construct their own performers, construct their own mission statements. Um, I have them read books like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, um, Shut Up and Listen, uh, there's a lot of different um, things that we really focus on teaching our team members. And a lot of them are younger. A lot of them are college students who, you know, really start loving their job. I mean, just last night, I got this text message from a staff member who was off the clock, who came in to visit another team member in a workout. And he was like, hey, there's a person here who's on a guest pass who I was talking to on the gym floor do you mind if I clock in and sell him? Cause I think I can sell him a gym membership, you know, based off of his goals. And so you have people that, that want it and you develop a culture, you develop a community. And we always talk about, you know, building a community. That's what we want to do. When we open up a gym, we want to build a community. We want to serve our community, but how are you doing that? You know, do people want to build that with you? It, it, it takes a, you know, it takes a tribe to build that community. And so we really focus on giving our people so that we can build a community together and have our members want to be a part of that as well. Absolutely. I love that you touched on that piece there toward the end with your, with your staff and really developing them. So many people in this industry, they hire people and then they say, all right, it's time to just go fish on your own. And um, it's really difficult for people to feel like they're going to grow and succeed in an environment if they're not being 
developed. And so I love all the things that you've done. And clearly you have employees who care and want to be there because they're trying to clock in <laughs> when they're working out to help you. Um, so that's a big deal. Um, so, you know, the final question that I have for you here is if I were to hand you a magic wand and I said, all right, all of your dreams and goals for rising fitness have come true. Um, what would that picture look like for you? In a business setting, um, you know, we definitely want to expand. That's something that, you know, we want to start branching out. A lot of people actually think that we have already expanded um, because we do keep a very professional feel to the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, but we definitely want to expand. We want to, you know, get more involved with our local high schools, our community centers, you know, different things that are going on in our community. But we are a community gym and we service our community and our community loves us and we are going to continue to do so. Um, and as we continue to utilize every square footage, as we continue to utilize every great idea that's out there, whether it's having sponsors because, you know, YouTube and social media do a very good job at that. And, you know, we're really trying to figure out how we can make it, you know, part of our success. Um, we're always going to continue learning. We're always going to continue evolving. And I think most importantly, we're always going to continue analyzing every idea and figure out how it is that we can make it work. Definitely, you definitely have like a great business acumen and that puts you in a good position in this gym business because it's tricky to figure things out. Um, but it sounds like you are very open to the evolving changes that are happening in the industry and you're going to do whatever it takes to be successful, um, not only for yourself, but for your staff, for your clients, for your community. And I'm excited to see it happen. So thank you for sharing all of that with us today. Um, do you guys have a Facebook page or an Instagram for the gym? Where can our listeners go to find you guys online? Yes, we have um, our website is a very good resource because our website has a digital tour where you can literally go through a tour and I'll be the first person that pops up and I'll say some, you know, great funny things. Um, and we go into, um, you literally click on the arrows and it takes you all through the gym. It's a really cool digital 3D tour. Um, you can also go to our social media pages at Rising Fitness uh, Gym for, um, you know, all of our handles, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. And um, on Instagram, we're Rising Fitness USA, uh, but we're Rising Fitness Gym on Facebook and uh, Twitter. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for being here today. Uh, listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Neil Newman from the Academy of Self-Defense, 
in Santa Clara, California. Neil, how are we doing today? Doing extremely well, Austin. Thank you. Glad to hear, man. I'm glad to hear. Looking forward to our conversation. We talked off camera here a little bit, so it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, uh, Neil, let's dive in. So you have this, this big facility out there in Santa Clara, 13,000 square feet, the Academy of Self-Defense, openness 2005. Talk to us. Let's go back in time to that time. What was your initial kind of goal, you know, from that business sense as to why you started this, this gym? Well, what's interesting is I had moved out to California in the year 2003. And at that point, I was retired from commercial real estate and development and the nightclub business in the Boston, Massachusetts area. Right. I was a black belt at that point in Parker Kempo, which I taught at my uh, school that I learned my Kempo at for many, many years. And when I came out to California, I couldn't quite find the type of Kempo I was used to. Mm -hmm. I was blessed to be in a blue collar, real strict, heavy discipline Parker Kempo school. And the Kempo was extremely realistic and fairly hardcore. And the California stuff was a little bit on the lighter side. Right. So I found a Krav Maga school in Fremont, California. And I was training there. And the gentleman who was the head instructor of the school, he said to me, you seem to have a lot of time on your hand and I'm getting ready to leave this place. How about starting a school with me? Mm -hmm. And I said, let's give it a try. I was bored and I decided to jump in to do it. Are you there, Austin? I'm here, yeah. I can, okay. yep. I, yeah, I lost the screen, my apologies. No, no worries, we're good. Okay, so I said, as a hobby, I'm gonna start this school. I talked to my wife about it. She said, good idea. I'm, Tired of you being around the house all the time. <laughs> so I started the, 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 the school called the Academy of Self-Defense in Santa Clara with Ev Pepper, my partner. And my basic attitude was, let's do this. Let's enjoy it. Make money at something you truly love. Yeah. I have always been a security guy, always been a defender uh, of... My fellow Jews, I was a, a Jewish kid who grew up in Jersey and I learned how to use my hands at a very young age. And uh, I was always a, a defender. I said, let's do some Krav Maga and let's do something good. Let's teach people how to defend themselves because in this right. day and age, it's more than a leisure, it's a necessity. Right. So we started the Academy of Self-Defense and I approached it as any other business. Okay, I use the same principles I use to build my nightclub, to build my commercial real estate and development company, learn using financials. Okay, in other words, the big three to me, profit and loss, balance sheet, cash flow. And this business was run according to the business end. So in other words, one of the things I noticed immediately about the industry is a guy puts a few stripes on a black belt, the next thing you th he thinks he can run a business. Right, right. And there is a big difference between being a martial arts instructor and being a good businessman. Sure. So I told Ev right from the start, I am willing to develop this business. I'm willing to finance this business, but everything has to be understood from the viewpoint that the business division will control the business. Right. It will not be led along by its nose hairs 
by anyone who's coming into the school in any position because they have a designation of this level or that level sure. in a martial arts degree. So sure. this is this was this is the way I started. I ran it just like it was a shoe store, a real estate company, yeah. yep. a bar. To me, a business is a business, and the same principles basically apply. I agree uh, wholeheartedly, and that high business acumen is sometimes lacking in this industry, right? So it's good to come in with that uh, knowledge up front, you know, from your past businesses, which I'm sure is a huge advantage opening opening this gym, right? Now, Absolutely. yeah, and I, I love that. Uh, I love your mindset where that's at. Now, your space, bigger space, talk to us about why you chose this particular space. Was it because of your model or the location or some other reason? Well, you know, the thing is I'm a, a big time reader, okay? Yep. So I... I've followed a number of different corporations and watched their methodology in demographic studies and picking mm -hmm. locations and what's best for them. Yeah. So I told the realtor, we wanted to open up in the South Bay of, of San Francisco, the right. San Jose area, because that's where my partner, who was a well-known instructor in Krav Maga and a fairly and a fairly well-known world-class martial artist. That's where he had a following. Okay. So we found a realtor that I trusted, and I was pretty good at that because that's what I did right. uh, for 35 straight years. I found a real good guy. And when he asked me what I wanted as a minimum for a location, I told him, I wanted, I want anywhere from five to 10,000 square feet. Right. And I want to be within five miles of three Starbucks. Yeah. And he looked at me, said, what are you talking about? I said, look, Starbucks has a record where not one of their franchises has ever gone out of business. Right. right. And I read about Schultz, who seems to be a pretty brilliant CEO and he attunes that not only to the coffee and the service and the logo and the branding, but their demographic studies before they pick a location. Right. They are looking for high traffic. They're looking for people that have the money to buy a three, four dollar cup of coffee. They're looking for access. So their demographic studies is what ensures their success sure. as far as their future business goes. If I can get in the middle of three Starbucks, I have a great location and I don't have to do any further study. You right. always ride the coattails of the big boys when they have the money to do the research to pick a lo good location. And sure enough, that was our guiding light. And that's what we ended up with. And it's been a great spot. I love that. Yeah, kind of like stand on the shoulders of giants, right? Like you just said, yeah. they spent all the money to, to test it, to beta test it, and yeah. uh, do the graphics, and hell, they know what they're doing, right? So we might as well ride at the coattail, like you said. I love that, Neil. Now, yeah. we said, you brought up their demographics. What kind of, what type of customer are you guys attracting to the Academy of Self-Defense? Okay, we are attracting people that work in all the big software and hardware companies in the Silicon Valley. Our clientele is Yelp and Apple nice. and PayPal and Facebook and anything that comes to your mind in that area, the big tech companies, Amazon, that's who are, that's a, that who is the majority of our clientele consists of those folks. We also have a fairly good law enforcement following that okay. come into the school and train and a lot of military veterans also. I love it. Yeah. So 
we know demographics or we know who we're attracting, which is huge. So to me, one of the most important things, and I'm sure with any business you would agree is attracting, getting those people in the door, right? Getting new leads, new customers in the door on a steady, consistent basis, whether it's a gym, nightclub, uh, you know, listings for real estate, this sort of thing. What has been your marketing strategy? So we'll say since COVID, Neil, to get members, you know, back in the door. You mean after COVID? Uh, sorry, after, yeah, after COVID. Yes, since then. Well, yeah. you know, I, I, I've, I've got to tell you, you know, I've been an independent businessman for over 50 years, always owned my own businesses, always mm -hmm. been a boss. And COVID really turned everything upside down on its head. There is absolutely no doubt about it. It's changed everything, especially in the fitness industry, where there was a huge attrition rate of, of gyms going out of business. Yeah. Um, the build back has been steady, but slow. I think the industry in general has not come back to anywhere it was before pre-COVID. Right. Um, I think that's why you're seeing the race to the bottom on pricing by all the big boys out there, the 24-hour fitnesses, sure, sure. Bowls, Fitness 19, Crunch, uh, all the big names. Uh, I'm not quite sure what they're on the East Coast, what they are. I remember there was Bally's, things like that. Yeah. There's a race to the bottom on pricing because the, the, so the demand is not what it was the supply has pretty much held its ground and everyone is really fighting for customers. Right. I notice our Krav Maga program has come back strong. Yeah. Our We Thai program has come back strong. Where we are still in a building position is the fitness programs. Got it. Got it. And from what I understand, that's prevalent right across the board. I think um, part of that reason is as COVID was happening, I, you know, I, I'm a dog guy. I always have dogs. Yeah. And when I walk my dogs, every pretty much almost every garage I would walk by had a, had a home gym in it over COVID. I mean, people right. had rowers, people had stationary bikes, people bought yeah. weightlifting, Smith racks, all types of stuff I would see in garages. And uh, I think I think the industry is going to be a challenge to rebuild as as far as the fitness level goes in the future. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Again, a huge wrench thrown in the system. You have those gyms you mentioned, those, those bigger gyms, right? The kind of high value, low ticket that are, like you said, race to the bottom on the price. Yeah. have seen a lot of that, you know, and then we see the high ticket end of things happening too. So that middle ground is the tough part, right? With the fitness programs, Neil, are you growing through uh, word of mouth or doing ads on Facebook, Instagram, or referral based? What does that kind of look like as far as the the outreach? Okay, so we're you know we're using we we have a marketing agency that use that uses Facebook, okay. Google Ads. We do use Instagram. Yeah. Um, we have hundreds of five star Yelp reviews, so we nice. use Yelp as our advertising. Um, we're reaching out in every aspect we can. I I, I firmly believe that you know marketing. Uh, is is multi-pronged. You attack on as many levels and as many ways as you possibly can. And of course, word of mouth via the type of things like Yelp right. um, are always a, a big factor in this industry. Yeah, massive, massive. I love you said multifaceted approach to marketing. I think we have to, can't just rely on one source, right? We have to rely oh, on kind yeah. of everything. 
you know, we, uh, you know, the thing is, you've got to TikTok, you've got right. to have your, you've got to have your customers talking to each other. You have to have organic flow into your right. website. Right. You have to have the Facebook advertising, the Google AdWords. You just, you know, the thing is, what I find is, and this is in my in my uh, business career in general, one advantage I have always had, I think, over my competition is I use professionals. Okay. Yep. I use attorneys, I use accountants, I use agencies for my advertising. Right. I use, uh, I use, you know, a professional in my organization for SEO and organic traffic buildup on the website. So the thing is many small business owners shy away from, from, from professionals, especially in the martial arts industry where everyone knows everything all the time. Right. So I am the exact opposite. Anything that comes along that's a potential liability in my business, I am going right to my attorney. All accounting issues, I'm, I'm a pretty good accountant on my own level. I do all my own bookkeeping. When I'm filing my taxes and I'm dealing with, with sophisticated numbers, I go to my accountant. When I do my advertising, I'm going to find the best agency I can in my field and I'm going to go to them. And then I'm going to trust those professionals. Of course, I'm yep. going to do two things. I'm going to control their time. Like let's spend two hours on this project. So I don't end up with big bills. And the right. other thing is I'm not afraid to question professionals at the right. same time. I will respect their decision at the end because that's why I'm hiring them. Makes sense. Totally. And um, yeah, definitely gives you a leg up, right. To have yeah. all the access and run this thing like a real business. Right. And I, and yeah, I think exactly. that's a, a big thing because it is obviously. So with that being said, Neil, so we have the members in the door. We talked about the programs you have. Now, are there ways you're able to ascend members to increase average revenue per person you have there through different programs, services, or even products like that beautiful shirt you have on right now? Yeah, exactly. We have a we have a great pro shop operation. Yeah. Okay. We have, as a matter of fact, we have quite a few other school owners who send their students to buy equipment from us in the entire Bay Area. Right. Right. Um, you know, big schools like AKA, the big, you know, the famous school, they send people to us for, you know, luckily um, I've always had the foresight to save money and be able to stop, be able to stay in stock with in the pro shop. And we've had Hayabusa tell us, you know, you guys are the only school that's ordering anything from us now. You know, we're getting quite a few suppliers wanting to be uh, wanting us to become uh, regional distribution centers. So, you know, we, we've always been on the forefront with that because we've always had the capital to support having the inventory you need to expand your business. Um, the other thing we do is the way I set up the membership pricing. We have a la carte pricing and then we have unlimited packages. So if you want to come in to the school and do just Krav Maga, it's $99 a month. Right. If you want to do everything in the school, it's 119 a month because we have a we have an unlimited. So okay. we, you know, we, we're always pushing people to matriculate, do each other's programs. Yeah. I have no contracts at my, you know, I, so I just want to tell you a funny story because yeah, this sure. is a fun, fun business. When I came into the industry, I said to my wife, who's a, a pretty brilliant accountant, and whose kids were in martial arts, I said to her, Denise, what was the thing you hated about martial arts so much when you were going to the different schools and deciding where you're going to send? Right. 
your daughter. And she said, the high pressure sales tactic, Neil. She goes, everywhere I went, I got one free lesson and then the closing room came. Well, blah, 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 blah. And then there was this initiation fee. And I kept saying to myself, what the hell am I getting initiated into? I'm trying to get my kid into a karate class. Right. So, so I said to her, I said, you know, what we're going to do is the same thing my, my boss did in, in the Kempo school. We're going to have a two-week free trial at the Academy of Self-Defense. Anyone can try anything in this school for two weeks. There's going to be no pressure sales. At the end of the two weeks, you design whatever kind of membership that you want. And when I said that, everyone in the area, all these other school owners were told me it was going to put us out of business. I'd never be able to keep track of it. Uh, people are going to take advantage of us. They're going to come in for two weeks free and then go to another school. I mean, every every crazy cockamamie argument you could think of, I was, sure. I was being warned about. Sure. So I stuck to my guns and it's turned out to be an amazing success. Okay. Um, um, so we've had that going now for yeah. 17 straight years. Wow. And it's the biggest lure that we have. Anyone can come into that school and try anything for two full weeks. And it shows confidence in our product. It shows we're going to, you're going to get what you're buying when there's not going to be any chicanery here. There's no smooth talking. You're actually going to get to participate in it before you buy it. Yeah. And then the other thing I did in the, in, in 2007 is I got rid of contracts. There are no contracts at ASD. And of course that made the, the two week trial bruja look like nothing. People were actually asking me if I was out of my mind that I, if I had lost it. That's what one school owner said to me. He goes, you must have lost it. If you think you can stay in this business for without contracts, you're deluding yeah. yourself. And I think it's one of our, I think the two week free trial and the no contract is actually as important as what we actually teach in us having a successful business. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of good things there. Right. And uh we're doing that 17 years, right? So you had that, that's been your initial offer for 17 years. 17 straight years. It's worked well. So uh, yeah, again, if it's, if it's not broke, don't, don't fix the type of thing, right? Exactly. So especially exactly. at this point in time. With that being said, Neil, like, so you've, you've been there 17 years now, anniversary is coming up soon. I'm sure you've seen like a life cycle of people from a retention standpoint. Sure. What, is that, what does that trend look like over two years? How long are people staying for? Okay, I would. Okay, so we're looking. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay, yeah. we whether it's whether it's the gyms, whether it's karate schools, whether it's a boxing gym, whether it's a fitness gym. Right. The amount of people that are there after three years is almost is almost negligible in most cases. Mm -hmm. right? Anyone who says any, you know, I I used to go to these martial arts conventions. And I hear the I would hear these guys get up there and they would say, well, if you're getting into the 90 percent retention level, you got some problems. You better start digging. Right. And I'm going to myself. What the hell are these guys talking about? Retention for a month? Yes. I said, 90 percent. I said, these guys are actually delirious. I mean, anyone knows this who took any karate, went to any karate school. When you when I started at my karate school as a yellow belt, there were about 30 people in my class. I think four of us got our black belt over the course of five yeah. years. So I, you know, I just think that with all the oversupply in fitness now, yeah. with all the niche 
different type of gyms right. that are opening up. You know, you got Mayweather, you got Bramble Boxing, you got Nine Box. Rounds, you got Orange Therapy, and all these have big money behind them. Yes. So it's a niche industry and people have so much choice. I think you have to work. I think your major concern is to get people in the door offer them the best service you can keep yep. them in that door, spending money as long as possible, continually look if there is anything in your gym that's driving people out the door and just keep that, keep them in coming in. That's the important thing because the amount of long-term folks you are going to keep over the course after three years is probably 25 to 30% at the most. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh... Definitely a system for success, right? In this business to keep people around. And like you said, it's very niche, a lot of competition, flooded landscape for sure. Neil, any best practices that you've seen like carry over correlate to having people stay for years, you know, events or if it's in the martial arts, maybe a, a belt system or competing or anything like that? No, we're not. Okay. So in the, in the Muay Thai, uh, uh, crew we have we have a, a beginning we tie and then we have an advanced we tie and some of them we tie gentlemen actually compete okay but in you know in the Krav Maga system there is a belt progression so um, and we do pretty good you know we have quite a few brown and black belts in but relative I mean you know I, I keep stressing this to people in the industry the as far as a businessman is concerned okay of course I want to have realistic self-defense being taught, okay? Because in the bar business, I used to have a little motto, okay? Because I always worked in as a bouncer and as a bar owner in these big rock and roll gin mills where there was tons of fights all the time. Jack Daniels, Budweiser, and Battle. That's yeah. pretty much was the motto in a lot of these clubs. Right. And we used to have a motto. There's only one thing worse than a guy who doesn't know how to fight getting into a fight. And that's a guy who doesn't know how to fight and thinks he can. Right. So I don't want to, the worst thing you can do is bring people in your door, teach them self-defense and not teach them self-defense. Okay. Yeah. You, in, in other words, inflate their ego. And I can't tell you how many times in the bar industry, I have seen guys who are martial artists get their teeth knocked down right down their throat. Okay. Just blasted. Okay. And I've seen it over and over again because, yeah, they might have been the sparring king of the century in their martial arts class. But when you get into a bar, man, where guys are hitting you over the head with beer bottles, that sparring goes right down the tubes. It has no practical application. Right. Right. So a fall, you know, it's like the Israelis say the, the, re the reason why the Israelis, when they initially did Krav Maga, didn't spar, they, they put it in the same class as wearing a mouthpiece and a cup. It creates a false sense of security. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, fighting is, you know, the thing is this fighting is real stuff. Okay. Once, once a street fight starts, you don't know where it's going to go and it can go all the way up to brutal injury and death, which I have seen quite a few times in my 35 years in the streets. And 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 so I was extremely concerned that we taught real stuff there and were truthful with people about where they really stood as being able to defend themselves as best we could. 
But the big thing is on the business level, I was always aware that you're making your money on the yellow and orange belts. Okay. Those are the people that are going to be the majority of your, of your clientele. It's not very, as the, as you go up in level, less and less people survive. And it's not just physical, it's job change, it's children, it's different responsibilities. I mean, there's a million things that stop people from training over the course of the years. So if you don't have a big pool of new people coming in that door and you can't figure out a way to keep them for at least two years, Mm -hmm. you're going to be in big trouble in your business. I agree. Totally. Such an important uh, point there. You just made, Neil. now with all that being said, man, like had this business 17 years, where's your main focus now, you know, coming out of COVID here in California, moving forward the next six to 12 months, like what opportunities or opportunity are you looking to, uh, you know, capitalize on? Okay. So one thing that came up in COVID is we had a lot of customers who insisted on paying us, even though we shut that we shut down, you know, nice. Yeah. And we decided to start a, uh, an online service for them where we did uh, Zoom classes. So this actually has bloomed into um, ASD online where we have over 6,000 uh, wow. on-demand videos with fitness and Krav Maga and We Thai and that we're still running now. We actually built a studio and we're actually recording classes and and doing live zoom we have streaming throughout the day we do krav maga testing uh we have a kids program an adult program and we are maintaining that so we're focusing on that because i i truly believe that that's a few the future i think now that the zoom culture has set in it's going to always be part of the modern day business world uh as far as the physical plant goes we're maintaining our CRAR, we're maintaining our Muay Thai program, we're looking to tune up our fitness programs, and we are just going to stay on path with what we're doing now, but not never be afraid to shake things up if sure. something isn't working. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Totally. Uh, I agree too with you on the online space is growing, you know, massively. By 2027, it's supposed to be a $59 billion a year industry yeah. in the coaching side of things. So, you know, follow the money, right? It's going there. It's yeah. definitely the future of this you business. Know, as a, yeah, as a matter of fact, we're working right now to actually split over. We, we have academyselfdefense.com, which is our website, okay. and okay. online and in person. We're going to be splitting off the online operation to a whole separate website. So it's going to be like a Peloton for self-defense, basically. Awesome. Yeah. And you guys have that niche there, the self-defense, self-defense piece which yes. is, I don't think, as competitive as uh, other forms of fitness yet. So that's really uh, a really good plus for you guys to be doing that at this point in time. So I think uh, only uh, only good things will come from that. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, the other thing is, is the one thing that I always stress to people, because I take a lot of the phone calls, I say to people, you know, the one difference between our fitness programs and everything else is our fitness is self-defense too. Our yeah. fit, fitness, the, the recipe, we, there's a, we're baking a, a cake when we're teaching people how to defend themselves. Right, right. And that cake has a lot of ingredients. And if you take Krav Maga and you take our fitness programs, you're going to be a better puncture. You're going to have better reflexes. Yeah. So there's a common theme with everything in the school. Even though there's fitness, everything has the self-defense theme, combining it into yeah. an overall picture of helping you walk those streets you look better you feel better and you can actually carry yourself better in your everyday life 
Right. What's better than that, right? And I love that cake analogy too, Neil. It's like many layers to the cake and throw some icing on top of that thing and it's yeah. all good. But uh, yeah, man, I uh, love talking to you. I think this is uh, just about out of time today, Neil, but I appreciate you coming on today and talking to us about the Academy of Self-Defense, why you started this thing, where you're at, where you guys are going, all that good stuff. Where can listeners check you out? You did just drop your website, but where can we find you at social media as well? Okay, yeah, we're all over social media. It's academyselfdefense.com. We've got uh, Vanguard Krav Maga. We got MTK, uh, We Thai Kickboxing. Yeah. Uh, all, we're all over the place. Uh, you, you, you do a search for us, uh, Krav Maga, we'll be popping up on you. Beautiful. We'll give you guys a follow right after this. Neil, thank you so much again. We appreciate your time. We wish you continued success. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. It was great talking with you. You as well. You as well. Listeners, we appreciate you guys too. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Richard with Northside Boxing and Fitness in Evanston. Richard, happy Monday. What is going on? How are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I'm feeling excited to be on this podcast. Tell my story. There we go. There we go. Look, we're excited to have you on. And before we get started here, Richard, you know, um, I know we want to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Northside Boxing, but why don't we give you an opportunity here to kind of tell us, how do you describe your business to people, right? If I came in and I'm like, hey, Richard, you know, give me a little rundown of what you guys do here at Northside. How is it run? All this stuff. So give me a little bit of, of a rundown of what you would say in a situation like that. Well, uh, the rundown of, of what I have here is uh, we're, 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 we're fight gym, we're, we're boxing gym, and we're strength training gym. Um, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. No, that's awesome. I think that's important, it's, right? I think, go ahead, go ahead. It's basically the two of my most favorite things. I like fighting and I like lifting. So when I have a business and have both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you might as well. Right? If you bring the both of your passions together. And you get your yeah, little baby, what you have right now with Northside. That's awesome. And so, you know, I always like to kind of start off with the, the bare bones basics on the podcast. And let's dive right into it here. And so, uh, Richard, how many members are you serving currently? Currently, I have about 88 members and, and growing. Okay, awesome. And so, 
for you, what's been the best method of finding new clients? Well, finding new clients, uh, the social media aspect, I do a pretty good job with my Instagram and Facebook, putting on a lot of contact, uh, content videos and, and pictures and stuff. So I constantly, constantly put up, uh, upload new stuff. So people see it and they see what we're about, what's going on, you know, whether we have um, the sparring, the boxing sparring, uh, uh, someone being coached by one of our coaches, or if somebody's lifting a PR in the, in the group uh, group uh, lifting class. So kind of like give an idea of like, man, I want to go there because they got so much stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. The versatility. I think that doesn't go unseen. I think that's one of the biggest priorities, right? If you can have, uh, versatility where everyone and anyone can come in and feel like it's a home for them, no matter their background, yeah. no matter their experience. I think that's big in itself. And it puts you as an asset, right? Because at the end of the day, when you, you know, some gyms are a little more one-dimensional, people only go over one thing, yeah. but when you're in that one-stop shop and you can do almost whatever you want and do something different almost every single day, which it seems like it, then that's when you can bring that, that, that broad demographic. So that, that's awesome there, Richard. And so now for you, you know, I know you said that you, you put out some good content and content definitely brings in some people. Um, but when you say content, right. And, and I think a lot of people get a misconception of what marketing is, right. So what is it more for you? Is it more like lead campaigns where you're putting money into Facebook ads or is it more organic where you're just kind of putting out, um, content it's, for it's your more viewers or, organic it's more organic um yeah occasionally i'll put some money into like instagram ads or facebook ads and stuff like that um but it's more organic it's you know just it's it's just putting stuff that i see day to day like that's exciting like see some of the elite uh, amateur fighters who are sparring getting ready for fights uh, or or the women's boxing uh we have we have elite women fighters who are who are, who are sparring as well stuff that people can see themselves, you know, and, and, and maybe ask themselves, man, that, that could be me. I want to go there because I want to be like her or, or that person because who they're seeing, they're seeing people just like them. And yeah. that seems some super athlete. They're seeing everyday people training to be the best they, they can be. And sometimes transforming their lives and becoming fighters, becoming the things that they never thought they could be, but here they can accomplish because because I just, just put in the work. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think when you can go ahead and put those things out where people can be like, wow, like if they can do it, I can do it as well. I think people yes. can feel that. They can definitely feel that. And so, um, you know, with your marketing efforts here, Richard, with what you have done and whether it's social media, word of mouth, everything combined, right? Um, an average month or so, can you give us an estimate of how many clients or well, not clients, because obviously that would mean that they converted, but how many people do you get coming through your door that are interested with the marketing efforts you've put out currently? Well, um, so also too, Google helps a lot. I don't pay Google anything, but we have really good reviews. And I always ask people like, where'd you hear about us? Either Instagram or Google. Now I get about maybe two to three people come in to the gym uh, a week. I don't know. I get a lot of calls and messages through um you know you know through my uh, email and stuff, people constantly yeah. asking me questions about my program, and I, I I constantly briefly explain to them what it is, but I 
I always encourage them to come here to really take a look at the gym, take a look at the program, and I could talk with them. Um, usually if they come in here, they like it, and I offer one free class. Uh, I'm pretty confident that after that class, uh, they sign up. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And I think, um, I think realistically, knowing that when you have that process, that it works, that's because mm-hmm. you can have confidence when somebody walks in, you have that confidence of, well, when they come to the door, I know I can convert. Right. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, and, and no matter where it comes from, whether it's again, word of mouth, you know, the actual digital, I think it feels good when, you know, you put out the right things and people come through. I think that's awesome. Um, but again, because the referrals are, are a direct correlation of how good your fulfillment is, right. How good you're doing your job yeah. brings people to bring other people. Right. And then if you do a great job with your marketing and you can become, because right, you're a fitness professional, right? Not a marketing professional, but if you can become at least decent, then I think that changes your business a lot, which is, again, what you're doing. You're putting that effort out there. Let, yeah. let me tell you, let me tell you from experience, I, no one ever taught me any of this stuff. I just kind of like learned and just kind of figured it out on my own. So, wow. Wow. No, that's, that's insane. And I think that's, that's, when you can be a self-starter like this, because I think about it like this, I think everybody who's a gym owner, whether they consider themselves or not, are entrepreneurs, you know, you guys are business owners. And I think a lot of people get the misconception that, you know, oh, I'm just a trainer, but you're not just, excuse me, a trainer, you are a business owner, right? And again, not to obligate that you should be the best salesperson, you know, the best marketer, all those things, but they are very necessary in being a successful gym owner. You know, so, and I think everything you've emphasized here is like, hey, like, I know I convert when people walk in off of that free class or, hey, I get people through the door through my marketing efforts, right? Mm. You're good enough where you can get those people coming in, which is awesome, which I think that's great, Richard. I think that that's something to be shy of, right? And so, you know, I think, um, I think with, with what we've been discussing, right, it's all about, right, metrics. And I'm kind of curious, you know, how do you manage or track those numbers, right? I think, right, with 88 clients, 90 clients, it's, and I don't know if you're a one-man team here or not, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of things that, that go into that, right? So how long they've been with you? Are they canceling? Are they buying other services from you? So at that point, how do you track those numbers? I'm, I'm a one-man team. So I got my trainers and my coaches, but they just handle the classes and the clients, I'm a one-man team. I'm here. I'm here at 5 a.m. My, my my Monday through Friday. I'm here at 5 a.m. to 8, sometimes 9 9 p.m. Monday through Friday, and I work on the weekends. So I, I'm doing it. I'm doing it all myself. In the beginning, before I had this business, I was keeping track just, you know, with with a piece of paper or my phone, and just putting the names, dates, how much they paid, and when they're gonna when I'm gonna have to pay, and just go go up to them and collect money and like, hey, you're due pay up. Now I have a, a gym software that really helps out a lot um, nice. because my, my business grew so much that it got really hard to, to keep track of money. And just people will walk up to me with giving, handing me their card or cash and like, here, I owe you money. I'm like, oh, damn, I totally forgot to put you on, on my notes here. Uh, but that's good. You know, they're honest. But it just yeah. got so big that it became really difficult to keep track. So I got this uh, gym, um, gym software, this uh, gym management system that's really helped me out a lot. Um, yeah. That's that's really little by little been getting people on on it more. So it it helps. Yeah, 
No, hundred. I mean, it's a process in itself, right? If you didn't start with it, get people to convert to that, it, it, it does take time. But the fact that you have some implemented to make sure that you're covered, I think is the biggest thing, right? And that's awesome. Also too, also too, I'm constantly talking to my members every day. I don't just yeah. take their cards or their money and be like, bye. I get to know everybody. Because yeah. what I built here was not just a gym, it's the community. And I make everyone feel part of the family. We have barbecues. We have uh, sometimes I'll host a fight night. Like if, if we get like a pay-per-view here, they watch boxing UFC. A couple times we already had like uh, sanctioned boxing shows here, uh, amateur boxing shows in the gym. And we'll fill this place up with 200, 300 people. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. We'll even have a taco truck outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. Hey man, you got me there with the tacos, brother. <laughs> yeah. like, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so, um, you know, I think that's great at tracking. I think that's, that's a great point here, but I want to kind of ask you a little bit of a longer winded question, but a good question in itself here, Richard. Um, sure. And so, you know, uh, if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know. So, uh, you know, what we've been discussing the entire time on this podcast have been the pillars of business, right? And I think there's about five um, that we use pretty predominantly, but there's three that we use more than any, right? And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three there, Richard, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, at the moment, I, 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 I would like to improve on how to upgrade some of the boxing people, the boxing membership into the weightlifting membership because it's different prices. The weightlifting membership is a lot more pricier and I'm trying to okay. upgrade them to that. Also, yeah, I mean, how do I, how do I bring in a little bit more leads? That's another that thing as well. As far as retention, I really haven't had a problem with retention. Most people love this place and if they leave, they always come back. They always come back. That is my experience yeah. working in this industry. Whether it, before I had my own gym and worked for for another gym, they always come back. Life yeah. happens. It's true. It's true. You can't take it personally. I think that's a lot of things that a lot of gym owners do make that misconception. It's like, oh, they're leaving me because it is your baby, man. You 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 own it. You created it. It's your name, right? So at that point, I mean, if you can remove that mindset and, and not feel so much of like a a personal attack when somebody does kind of leave yeah, it. That's no personal attack. To have. Exactly. Exactly. I love the mindset there, Richard. That's awesome. And, and so last two questions for you here before we, uh, we sign out, you know, um, what's the bigger picture? What's the overarching goal long-term? What are you trying to accomplish? What I'm trying to accomplish, I'm trying to build a legacy. I want something so big, so big that all the people who doubted me in the past, We'll see like, wow, Rich did something that none of, none of us ever thought he could do or would do, but he did it. Because you see, I'm the story of the underdog. I'm a real underdog who basically came from nothing, who everyone doubted, who everybody turned their back and made something. Despite yeah. everybody not believing in me. I had vision and I worked really hard. So it's the story of the underdog. What I'm trying to accomplish here is I want to build up to 300 members because once I get close to 300, then I can lease the other half of the property and 
buy the entire property itself because I want to make this bigger. I want to be the best. No, I love the mindset. I love the mindset and the ambition. I think that's the biggest thing, right? And you know your why, right? Like, why are you doing this? Um, And I think when you can kind of remind yourself on a day-to-day, which I'm sure you can't forget, right? You know that being the underdog, you're not going to stop until it's your time, until you're there. But, you know, I think we all know as fitness professionals, there's never a point of satisfaction, right? There's always more to do. There's always a bigger picture. Um, But realistically, when you can get to what, you know, in your eyes would be satisfactory or at least like the point where like, hey, I did it, um, you know, that is going to keep driving you until you get there. And I think that's awesome. Um, and, and so now I want to kind of ask you a kind of uh, an additional question to that. So for you, what would, what would that end goal be? Cause you know, I know you said to show people that you, you did something big, something bigger that you did, that they never thought you could do, but what would that look like if you had to put it into words, would it be a franchise? Uh, would it be at five locations, two locations? What would that look like for you? Well, for me, yeah, I would like to have more locations. But for me, it's like I want to be the first millionaire in my family. I want to be the first multimillionaire. I want to, um, you know, I, I, I'd like, like to do a couple of more locations. But really, I want to do something big, you know, and, and make this the biggest, the best boxing strength gym in the city, in the Chicago area, because I think w- what I have here has a lot of potential to grow to that with, 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 with the vision that I have, with the right, bringing in the right coaches, the right people in here. Uh, it's it, it's going to be that. And you notice when I say it's going to be, it will be. Mm-hmm. I use very important words, like I am. It's, it's, it's what you say will become. I'm a total believer in that. You got to have the vision. I want to bring I want to bring Chicago Golden Gloves to the north side again because it's all the way in the south side. I want to bring it back to the north side where it belongs. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, no I know. I just wanted to give the viewers a little bit of a perspective of, of, of what that end goal would look like, right? And so if that means making a million-dollar gym – right? Then that's the end goal, you know, or not the end, of course, again, I want to reiterate that because again, there's no end, you know, it's about consistency. Um, so I love that. I, love, I appreciate the transparency and the honesty with the, that response because I know sometimes the sharing the, the deeper goals are, are sometimes not as easy, but the fact that you did, I appreciate the viewers appreciate. So thank you for that. And one last question for you here, Richard, my favorite question. Um, you know, if you could go back in time to when you, you first started the gym, right? sit yourself down and uh, give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really, really needed to hear. What would that advice be well, for yourself? I, I took over this gym in, in April. And uh, re- in reality, m- my, my journey to, to being my own boss it came in in 2017 at another location. I, 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 um, I just basically... You know, I, I, I saw an opportunity and I asked, I asked the gym owner at another gym and it's like, hey, can I, can I start a boxing program? And I had, I had a bunch of equipment like kettlebells and battle ropes, no bags. I didn't even have bags back then. I didn't even have students. I had a couple of clients and a bunch of side jobs to, to keep me afloat. Well, anyways, what, what got me through those very difficult times was believing in my vision. On um, those quiet moments, those moments when no one would show up, where 
you know, it, they were very lean times. I would always visualize what I wanted and believed in it. And I would talk to others about my vision. And even though they didn't see it, eventually they did. Because I said in 2017, in five years, I'm going to have my own gym. And I have my own gym. And believing it despite everyone else not supporting you. And it's most difficult when it comes from your own family. When they don't support you, it hurts. Everyone else, I didn't care. They just stood silent. But when it, once I started winning, then they started saying, Rich, I knew you could do it. But in my mind, it's like, yeah, you kept silent. But it doesn't matter. I'm winning now. And I'm going to continue to win because I believed in my vision. Wow. Listen, Richard, that was a mic drop of an answer. If I could drop this mic right here, I would slam this thing on the floor, but it's connected <laughs> to the thing, so I can't. But that was an awesome way to close it out there. Such great emotion. I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for the time today. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out here, Richard, you know, please, it, it'd be my pleasure. Uh, shout out any of your social media, your Facebook website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Uh, you can you can find out on NorthsideBoxingChicago.com. Um, it, it has my website right there, or you can follow us on Instagram, Northside Boxing and Fitness Evanston. Uh, follow us on Instagram so you can see the day to day what what goes on in this gym. And uh, if you got any questions about wanting to be part of this incredible community, please DM me or call me, and I will personally answer you. Um, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Look, thank you so much for your time and contribution to the podcast, Richard. And we do look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road, especially myself, man. You're you're, you're an awesome guy being the underdog. Thank I'm you. definitely excited seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Just give me a, about two seconds here if you can stick around, Richard, so I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. I'm going to sign everybody else out. So yeah. and thank you to everybody else who joined us today. We appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description. Fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.